Welcome to the Brand Spanking You podcast with host Nicole Montgomery, a podcast dedicated to business and personal branding for the aesthetic industry. The essence of trust and rapport are the foundations of building a successful, sustainable, long-term business. Interviewing thought leaders and experts that have built successful personal brands, we share their stories and how they got to be where they are, plus sharing practical advice and actionable tips for you to implement today into your own personal and business branding. Today on the Brand Spanking You podcast, Nicole speaks with Grazina Feshner, Director of Front and Centre Training Solutions, Corporate Trainer, Media Relations and Communication Expert. Our agenda today is to talk about why communication is so important because we can all talk. Yeah, we, we all can. know how to talk. So, um, yeah, we do. <laughs> Um, and how can we improve our communication surrounding COVID-19? And um, I have found personally, it's everyone's very, very different. Um, and that may be because of how we're, we're dealing with it personally. Um, how can we motivate ourselves and others amongst so much uh, uncertainty? And, um, and again, I find it sometimes a bit patronising if I say to someone, oh, just stay positive, mm. um, you know, and I don't want to be patronising. And, um, mm. and how did you become a, a famous TV, social media and everywhere superstar? When I Google you, like videos and Twitter and this and that, you're everywhere. Um, you should Google oh. yourself. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a bit scared because it's some of those photos, are the photos on Google, I looked at them and went, they are not great facial expressions. Don't you love how people just take bits of stuff um, and put it on and then you look like that and you're like, oh, do you mean? Uh, so I will Google myself. I will Google myself. <laughs> I love it. So this is one is now you're talking how men and women approach awkward conversations. I feel like I need to actually go back and watch everything that's on um, the morning show's Twitter feed because they've got all your videos. Um, Let's so, do it. That could be what yeah. we could do now. Let's all just tune into the morning show and go through the archives and see what I said back in, I don't know, that would have been probably five or six years ago, that one. Wow. So this is your life, Grizz. You are the director of Front and Centre. I you know, am. You are a corporate trainer. Media, you train in media relations, communications, and are a communications expert. You um, develop and execute various programs. You do specialised podcasts, professional services, for some pharmaceutical, healthcare, biotech devices, and um, a huge array of high-end uh, business clients who only want the best, which is why they come to you. You have a saying, which I don't understand at all, which you're going to have to explain to us, uh, zig yeah. when others zag. Yeah. And, um, and you're, this one's you um, teaching us how to speak easy, the secret yeah. to um, acing small talk, which is very hard, especially at conferences. Oh. Yeah. And when people know you and you don't know them and you're trying to maintain the small talk. Um, so you have 15 years experience in uh, news reading and your own show out and about in Brizzy with Grizzy. I know. How extraordinary is that? What a name, huh? That was in Brisbane. I used to run around the streets of Brizzy and we do it every Friday out and about in Brizzy with Grizzy. Uh, but prior to that, I read the news for a while in Brisbane and I got sacked or moved on from news reading. I don't like to say sacked. Um, I got moved on because I smile when I speak. 
Uh, and that's something that we can talk about today because your body language, and if I'm saying 10 people died in a car accident and I've got a big smile on my face, uh, the message isn't portrayed appropriately. So I moved on from news to weather and then they ended up sending me out and about out of the studio uh, to Brizzy. Yeah, so it was great. <laughs> I have to find that show too. And, um, but wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep on rolling. This should take the air. <laughs> Good vibes only, the rise of toxic positivity. And um, you are very frequent um, on the morning show, which anyone can find if they Twitter you. And we'll throw in a book. Why not? Well, yes. That's all happening. Yes. Have you finished a smile, a bottle of peroxide and a touch of insanity? No, I'm nearly there. And it's purely my fault because, you know, we take on all these projects and I just think what's more important and that just keeps on getting shoved to the back end. Um, yeah. But it's something that I really do want to do because there's so many good little life tips and, you know, it's... Uh, I've learned to read again since we've been stuck in a bit of isolation and I'm loving feeling books again. Like I'm a real, let's get the newspaper and let's just read a book. So it's driven me back to come on, finish it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think we all want to learn how to um, spot a liar, especially yes. um, for business owners when we get so many pictures all the time from different people and you think, who is actually going to deliver? Uh, this is another one, yes. the, the things that you need um, to listen out for. And I think this one was in relation to relationships as well. So I believe, Grizz, that if you can teach us to sell, communicate and lead, we will have the competitive advantage and we can do all of that with you at Front and Centre Training Solutions. That has got to have been the nicest. Um, I just need to clap that. That's the nicest introduction I've ever had. And I think, you know, let's just wrap it up for today because I sound really good. And after today, they might just go, oh, what's going on with this girl now? <laughs> so I love it. And I'd love to help you any way I can because this is absolutely my passion and I'm driven by it. And I just want to see everyone else succeed being genuine at doing it. I've now forgotten what the first question was. <laughs> oh, I think it was wise communication. Let's talk about communication for a That's minute. Right. Communication. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I, I was thinking about it when we spoke yesterday about, you know, what wise communication in one. And it's the only skill that we do 24-7. And that's quite extraordinary. So we can do that well. And when we talk communication, we're not just talking about the words that we speak. We're talking about tone, inflection, diction, articulation, pause, pace. We're talking about body language. Where do I put my hands when I communicate? How do I look when I communicate? What facial expressions do I make when I communicate? You know, if you say something to someone and they've got this really open face, you can tell instantly what they think about what you've said. So do you even know what your facial expressions are like? And thank you for all of those photos because now I'm really clear on what some of mine look like as I'm mid-sentence and talking. So when we talk communication holistically, we do it 24-7. We even do it talking in our sleep. You know, what are you saying and what tone and inflection are you doing in your sleep? Uh, it's all about transmission of message. And what we need to be mindful of is even though I might say something to you, Nicole or Maria or anyone else that's on listening at the moment, what I'm saying, if it impacts you, I mean, what about intention versus impact? So my intention of saying something might be really positive and warm and anything, but the impact it has on you might be quite different. So communication, intention versus impact, uh, body language, tone, inflection, diction, we're using communication 24-7, every interaction, be it a text, be it an email, 
be it a voice message that we're leaving somebody or be it now in a live version, we're communicating. So if we can get better at doing that and ensure that when we leave the message, the person that is hearing the message hears it the way we need them to hear it, not the way they interpret it. And that's the bit where it all goes wrong. It's that interpretation of message. So I might say to you, oh, Nicole, I really like you. Now, I've said the words that you want to hear, but I'm not saying it with that passion and enthusiasm. So I might be saying the words, but if I'm not communicating it effectively, you're not getting the right message output. I feel like I always have this problem and then I feel like I'm misunderstood because what I've said is yeah. not received how I mm. intended it to be. Mm. So that's why it's really important that after you've said the message or you've written the email that you check for clarity and you check for understanding. So Nick, when I say it's really good to see you, I genuinely am thrilled to be seeing you today. So even if you're not as smiley as me and, and one thing that I want us to think about in communication is don't become uh, a, a pretzel. And that means in communication is don't try and twist to be like somebody else. Be your own pretzel, be genuine, authentic, real, raw, engaging, and emotive, and that's when communication will take place. And what does the, the zag when people zig, or the zig when people zag? Yeah. Yeah, so be your own you. Don't be afraid to be you because often, you know, everyone's zigging instead of zagging. And I say, well, zag, you know, be genuine, be authentic and be you. Own yourself in your own world. Because the minute you try to be like somebody else, you're not going to feel comfortable. People are going to receive the communication that's not genuine and authentic. Don't leave this uh, this morning and go, gee, I need to be more like Grizz and I'll be a bit more excited. Well, that's not going to come across to anybody else's excited. Have your own brand. And that's what, I mean, I, I spoke about brand yesterday to a company and your brand is what people say about you, not what you think you are. And what words would you want someone to be describing you like? And are they the same words that you describe yourself? And if those words don't match, then you in fact don't know what your real brand is. So I might describe myself as positive and life of the party and really engaging and I value genuineness. And then I leave an interaction and someone says, gee, she's cold and hard and straight to the point. Now those words don't match. So it doesn't matter if I walk around thinking I'm positive and engaging and exciting and motivating, but someone thinks I'm quite cold and cutthroat and straight to the point. So, you know, that whole unique brand is branding you, being you and people will warm to that. That's so we talk about, yeah, yeah. And we talk about the 7-Eleven principle. I know that you've heard a few of my um, keynotes and bits and pieces that we do, but I will always reference this in the first seven seconds, 11 things are judged about you. So it's really, really important that as you communicate, when you first meet someone, the way you shake their hand, the attire that you're wearing, the smile or non-smile on your face has people already judge you. Now, how do you want them judging you? And that happens very, very early on in a communication and an interaction. And the worst bit about it is we shouldn't be judging people. We shouldn't be judging customers. We shouldn't be judging patients. We shouldn't be judging until we understand their world and their story. And only then can you make a sound judgment on someone. So it's that, you know, intention to listen, listen to learn, listen to engage and listen to understand. And it's also the right question. So asking someone a really nice question to understand their world is then going to give you perspective on it and to be able to then judge them appropriately. How do you get over the nerves? So I know for a lot of people going, especially going back to work, um, 
they're, they're quite yeah. nervous. You know, we have to make these sales and we have to get these clients in the door because we've just stopped for so long. We've got product that's going out of date and whatnot. So there's that yeah. underlying anxiety and nervousness. How do you, you communicate without coming across desperate or salesy? Yeah. So are you talking about communicating to your internal team or communicating to people walking at your customers and your patients? The, the, well, I suppose both, but I was talking about um, how we communicate in regards to COVID to our customers. Mm. Yeah, well, first of all, I think, yeah, trust is the biggest thing. And as business owners and clinic owners, I would have kept on hoping that you're still talking and connecting to your patients and your customers uh, while this has been going on, because the trust element is going to be really, really important. And if you've kept up that communication over the last eight weeks, your clients are knowing and you have to remember, they are wanting you to succeed. And they want you to be successful. So it's all about our mindset. So when our patients and customers come in, we know that they're coming in because they trust us. We know that they're coming in because they value us. We know that they're coming in because they support us. So it's us having a new mindset and we call it the growth mindset. So it's saying, you know, we're not going to have a fixed mindset of assuming that they don't know what's going on and we've got to sell to them. We've got to treat them like we used to treat them. And the very first question I'm going to ask them, and I'm going to ask the people out there that are about to see their customers again in a sales environment is ask your customers and your patients how they are. How are you? That's the very first question. Not hi, quick. Do you need some hydration? Hi, quick. Do you need a peel? Hi, quick. As opposed to how are you? What's been going on in your world? And just saying that, all of a sudden, before you know it, they're talking about, oh my gosh, it's so nice seeing you again. And, you're, and, and then you start that rapport building and you're back on track. But I think it becomes about the mindset. So we need to stop from going, I'm scared and I'm nervous to, I can now go and help people, which is why I chose this job initially. I'm now going to go back in and help people. People are going to come because they support me and they trust me. And life is going to go back to some sort of normal. And it's about when you spoke about, and I love that you said before, we tell people to stay positive in this environment. Now, it's really hard to stay positive when you're in lockdown and clinics have closed and businesses are, are not surviving. I use the word optimistic. And the difference between positivity and optimism is optimism is you see a light at the end of your tunnel. So you can get up in a day and say, I might be having a really crappy day today, but I see light. I see that the clinics are going to open and I see that my patients are starting to book in again. And I can see that on Saturday, I'm going to see Grizz and I can't wait to see her. So if you get that mindset and that energy about you, it won't feel awkward because you're going back to do something that people have trusted you before and value you for doing. That is so cool. And um, in relation to your staff, if you are yeah. a stressed uh, business owner, how do you uh, boost their, their morale and keep them, um, you know, engaging with your clients in the way that you want them to, like how you just described? Yeah, so the best thing to do, and we've got, there's a lot of information and study on the happiness advantage. So as a leader and an employer, the biggest thing you need to do to get sales is keep your team happy. Now, that doesn't mean providing them bonuses and giving them lots of money when you currently haven't got that yourself, but ensuring they're in the happy space. And we talk about happiness will drive you to success you won't get success and then be happy. So if you can be happy, happiness will bring you success. Focus on your people and the numbers will come. And we say that in sales teams and leadership all the time. If you focus on your people, your numbers will come. And the happiness advantage, Sean Anker has a lot of TED Talks in this space. And we talk about if your team are happy, 
they will increase sales by 37 to 39%. If doctors are in a happy, and this is all proper data, it's not Grizz made up stuff. I do make up some stuff, but not this particular trial that we're talking about. Uh, but the happiness advantage is huge. And if doctors are in the happy zone that the Sean Anker trial was done around, they are diagnosing uh, 18, 19% more effectively. If we look in the happiness advantage, so we start looking at di doctors diagnosing, we look at sales increasing and it's all around being happy. So I say to people like the Partridge family, and now you know my age, come on, get happy. And happy doesn't mean you've got to be happy every single day. Happy means you just need to focus on optimism, try and be positive. And the minute you can do that, your sales will come because there will be that aura and the people will connect with you, engage with you, have your product knowledge as well. And you've had eight weeks at home potentially without being in clinic to really learn knowledge because knowledge as we know is power. And the more you've got knowledge, the more you can ask normal questions and have a really normal conversation. It's when we don't have knowledge, we're scared to ask questions. So we just try and go in and tell people stuff about our treatments or tell people stuff about our products, as opposed to asking the questions, having a two-way dialogue and interaction. And that two-way dialogue, you can then find the right solution because in your head, you've got all the knowledge about it and you can communicate it. And the person there's going, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And that's what I want. So come on, get happy. And, and I would say to all clinic owners, if you can keep your staff happy and that morale and, and boost them on all the great things going on, that we're back, yay. And they'll feel happy. And when they feel happy, they'll be able to sell more. As silly as that sounds, but 39% is what the sales increases are if you're in the happiness advantage. And what's interesting about this happiness space is every day at the moment, we look at our phones and our brain looks for negative. Every feed is negative. Everything is, our clinics are still closed down. So our brain is now only wired to pick up on negative. So as you walk around today, your brain focuses on looking for negative. It actually can't see any positive because there is too much negative that outweighs the positive. So what I encourage people to do, and especially clinic owners starting up again, is every day at the end of the day, write down three good things that happened. Just three. And it will be really hard to sit there and go, I don't know, because our brain didn't pick them up because they're so busy picking up all the negative stuff. So the three good things, and it might be, I had a coffee from my old barista that I haven't seen for eight weeks because so I don't live near the clinic. That might be a positive thing. Another one might be that Jane's booked in for an appointment. And the third one be is that you've turned on your laser for the first time in eight weeks. And if they're the three great things, write those down. Go to bed at night, think about them, wake up and do that for 21 days. And we can rewire your entire brain to then not even focus on the negative. So your brain focusing on a newsfeed in the morning will now start picking up on the positive stuff. So that's a really important um, little tip for the clinic owners as they start going back. Wow, that is so, I'm going to do that. But it's- Do it. I am, I am. It's so relevant for the B2B people as well. I know that it sales have really, really been struggling. Mm -hmm. And um, and of course, you know, no one's buying large or investing in large devices and whatnot no. at the moment. So um, so I think for the, the leaders of those companies, that's a really important um, point to help boost mm. the morale of their, their reps and their teams. Yeah, focus on the little things. And there's an amazing video, uh, it's a leadership video, and it talks about making your bed. And this is one that I encourage everyone to look up on the uh, internet. It only goes for about five minutes and it's uh, called Make Your, it's a make your Bed one. And it talks about doing the little things. So if make your bed in the morning before your day starts. And if everything else in the whole day goes wrong, you go home to a bed that you made so you've achieved an accomplishment in that day. Uh, it talks a lot about, you know, life is tough and measure people on the size of their hearts, not on the size of what they call their flippers because they talk about these um, crazy training camps and things, but it's doing the small things. 
And if as a, a device, certainly device owner or a device company, you are not going to make big sales, but what are the little things? Did you get an appointment with someone? Well, celebrate that because that's huge in this space. You know, you might want an appointment face-to-face, -face, but if you don't get that, negotiate to appointment on the phone or an email correspondence. So don't just give up. And this goes into a whole lot of negotiation principles, but what are you negotiating on? If you don't get the big win, make the small wins that get you to the big win. And at night, celebrate those small successes. As a device company, I'm not selling a device today, but I got an appointment as my first step to building a relationship so that when they need one, they're going to call on me and I'm going to be able to sell that device. So no work, no stone is unturned and do the little things. Uh, people say to me all the time, oh, Grizz, don't sweat the small stuff. Well, it's the bloody, am I allowed to swear on Facebook? The bloody small stuff that matters. Because if you don't sweat the small stuff, you won't even get to the big stuff. And I talk about that with even saying hello to somebody in the first 15 to 30 seconds is all you've got for someone to decide they want to listen to you or not. So that's a small thing, but your hellos impact the bigger picture. You won't get to ask the questions to make a sale, which is the big outcome, if you don't say hello properly. Um, sweat the small stuff on saying please and thank you. Use your manners, be polite. That's all small stuff and it's easy, but it's the most relevant and it's the most thing that's going to get you to the biggest outcome ever. Wow, I never even thought about that. But, you know, I dwell the small stuff. I will, I will actually think, that person didn't say thank you to me for that. Or, it's so bizarre. But I truly do. I dwell on the small stuff. So, wow, that is... Because that's the stuff that matters. And that's the stuff that you should be dwelling on. Because if you're concerned someone didn't say thank you, it means that you're always going to use your manners. Yep. And innately, you're going to want to not go back to them. But you're going to choose someone that says... Thank you. You know, the other day for the first time ever, um, an Uber driver, we give chips to Uber drivers all the time because, you know, they're out on their bikes and I'm not out riding. Um, and an Uber driver for the first time, and I would have given tips over a year every second day. That says a lot about how much I use Uber or eat Uber. Um, but he said, thank you. Now, that was extraordinary to have someone write back, thank you on an Uber driving tip. And here I am now talking about it. And if I knew his name, I'd shout it from the rooftops. And it was a simple thank you. And I, I mean, I stopped and looked three times. Now that's the small stuff and that's the stuff that matters. Oh, absolutely. That is so cool. Um, so, Grizz, I often get people who are doctors or who are beauty therapists or um, even a hairdresser this mm. week who come to me and want to become social media superstars um, don't necessarily want to put themselves out there or, you know, be in, in front of the camera or whatnot. Um, they may be looking into getting life coaching. Um, but ultimately, they, they want to become an authority in their field. They may want to, you know, mm -hmm. do a course on how to do injectables or, um, you know, courses for signature haircuts and, and whatnot. And I, um, I often am just mind blown because I have no idea where to where to start for them if that makes sense um how did you become the the authority and the leader in communication and all things um related to communication and sales and and leadership how did you become this authority and personality that you are today Oh my gosh it's so so nice you say because I'm just a dad like the rest of us I think it's believing that no doesn't ever mean no. And if someone says no, it's only for a moment in time and it's believing in yourself and it's having the cap. I mean, if you look at my early background, I didn't do great at school ever. I was like the clown of the class. I, you know, I, I went to uni and then what was interesting was um, I was doing PE teaching at uni and I had a really bad car accident and ended up in a wheelchair for 12 months. And they said, you actually can't go back to PE teaching because your hip um, won't last and you've got to find a new career. And I became a filing clerk. 
um, for BDO Nelson Parkhill. And I literally, for eight hours a day, I filed because I had no other skill. I couldn't have another major in teach. I wasn't going to go back to uni for another four years and get a major in art or music. Or, you know, PE was my thing. Um, and I became a filing clerk. And then I got promoted to a receptionist at lunchtime. So I took the lunchtime ship as a receptionist. And I was like, oh, I am the luckiest girl in the whole wide world. And I remember when I was in the wheelchair, my husband had asked me to marry him uh, the night before the car accident. So a, guy, a drunk driver went through a red light, blah, 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 long story. Uh, but what's extraordinary about all of this is um, the doctor said you won't be able to have children. Well, lucky me, I have a 24 and a half year old uh, daughter. They said I may not walk properly ever again. Well, I am strutting those heels with glitter everywhere I go. So I think it's it comes back to mindset and courage, perseverance and patience. And the first time I walked again was walking down the aisle to Mary Dean. So I'm all crooked and I'm all limpy and dad's dragging me as I walked. And it took a really long time to get down there. But I remember Dean turning around and dad's like, you just keep walking and you just walk and you walk and you don't ever stop. And so all of those early on challenges in life got me to think, you know what, I can bloody do any I've sworn three times now on Facebook um, can you bleep that have we got like a, a second hold like in the studio we wait 10 seconds uh, but I just I think it was from those early days of, of not thinking I was really good at anything to just going you know what I found my bit and I love it and I'm just going to commit to caring to doing it. And so, you know, I, I walked again. I, I had one baby. Um, I remember not have another baby, which is great because I've just got one lucky girl, Jamie Lee Fickner. Uh, and then after that, I thought, fuck, what am I going to do with my career? So I started as a medical receptionist in a pharma company while I won a cadetship with Mount Cuthbert Channel 9. Um, so I was doing my cadetship in journalism and I was working as a receptionist. And then they said to me, Chris, the doctors love you. Would you consider being a rep? And I was like, oh my God, um, no, they're really smart. They say really fancy words and talk about multi-randomized, double-blinded, you know, trials and talk about intention to rate per protocol populations and oh my goodness, no. And they said, we believe in you. And I thought, fire out, if I've got a, a, a company believing in me, I'm going to give it a whirl. So I studied my bottom off. I went and did pharmacology. You know, I went and did other things in it, became oncology, hematology, metastatic breast and bowel cancer. And I did that for years and I loved it. And then they moved me into training and I thought, oh, look at this, I'm walking, I've got a kid and now I'm training and I've done my cadetship at, at Mount Cuther. And um, then what they realised was when I, they saw me on TV, doctors, I got access because doctors are like, oh my God, she's on TV, we'll see her. So all of a sudden I was able to get access to see customers and then I'd sit in chemo wards and we watched me um, on TV while people were having their chemo. So all of a sudden, I don't know, every, I just kept persisting and trying different things. And, um, and before I knew it, um, I ended up in training and I was training all the oncology and I started training doctors and customers. And then I thought, you know what, I can do this on my own. So 14 years ago, I left the company um, and was still doing a bit of media stuff and started my own company. And it was belief and no one, everyone said, Grizz, don't leave the company. You fly to Hawaii, you do all this amazing stuff. And I had three people was my business partner, uh, Cam Reed and his wife, Carlin and, and Dean and I, and we were just like, let's do it. So we, Cameron left AstraZeneca and I left Pharmacia. Uh, and all of a sudden we just created this company and we had no work, but it was that belief and that persistence and that give everything a go and just push yourself enjoy it that would be my number one thing everyone says what's next well this is my next this is my whole life I'm, I'm not looking to do anything else I don't want to I am the luckiest girl every day I just feel so honored and privileged 
And, you know, I just wake up and go, I am so lucky that I'm doing what I love. And I have people like you supporting the craziness it is because it's certainly a bit left of centre. The way I train is different. The way I talk is different. Uh, but it's genuine. And that goes back to that being genuine to yourself. I don't fit the media mould. I don't fit any mould. I fit the Grizz mould. And it's a good mould to fit because it's mine. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you, you are a whirlwind. You are just such a pocket rocket of amazingness. It just oozes from you. And um, oh my gosh. So Marie Anderson, I keep looking down because I've got my phone with the... Oh! Um, so Marie the Anderson chats. said that her hand is up. And, uh, Hi Marie, my hand's up. Are you high-fiving? Is it a high-five hand or a <laughs> thumbs-up hand or a... Thumbs down, hands. No, no, no. Thumbs up, thumbs up. And um, Marie's a facialist and beauty, um, she's a facialist and beauty business uh, guru and um, yeah. has seen it all in 30 years. Or maybe she's saying she's seen a lot of um, facialists and beauty gurus in the last 30 years. But if Marie or, or Tamazin or Danny, who, who are watching you on Facebook, if yeah. they want to learn, um, you know, how to, how to, Put yourself out there and be confident mm. like, like you are mm. and um, and to just have that mindset to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. How, yeah. do, how can they contact you? How can they... Oh, they can contact me, yeah, at Grizz, G-R-I-Z. I'll, I'll write it in the comments. Front in the comment yeah, grizz at frontandcenter.com.au um, and I love a bit of a chat girl so you know if you just want to chat or um, you know I guess the thing in my world is if I can change someone else's world that's what drives me money um, doesn't motivate me or drive me and you know I don't ever claim I'll be a billionaire or a millionaire even uh, but it's that someone finds value in something and if I can help any one of you with anything uh, I would love to because that's yeah that's my driver it's not fame or fortune and I've got neither. It's someone saying, I'd love help or this has helped me or yeah, I can open up a clinic and feel confident or I've got the right mindset or I know how to be a bit more happy or optimistic or be my own person and not a pretzel or find your own brand. Yeah, all of that. Oh, that is fantastic. Um, Marie commented again saying that she is um, a mentor and um, wanting to, to like you, share her passion in being a, a beauty yes. specialist and, um, and being in the beauty industry for 30 years. And, um, and her passion is also helping others. So I'm sure that you would be a huge help to her because it is hard. I would be. And sometimes I feel like it's just luck. It's just timing and luck that, you know, you, you get a, a little bit of a boost from, you know, somebody either seeing what you've done or acknowledging something or, or wanting to speak to you. But it... Um, yeah. But it's amazing that you've got that training. I also have to come and do one of your courses because the, the day that I um, did get like two seconds to talk about botched surgery with a patient, I, I felt like I was going to die. I was so, <laughs> so nervous. And I was just like, <laughs> I wasn't my true self. And I didn't, no. think, you, know, it, you know what I mean? And I feel like it takes me, once I warm up, once I start exactly. talking, I'm fine because I forget where I am and what's happening or that, you know, the camera's on. Um, but yeah. in our environment, oh, my lordy, you do need media training. It's overwhelming. All I could think it's of really was, overwhelming. I'm going to fall over a cord and fall on my face and then there's going to be like some sort of oh and thing and I'm going to have a banged up face. Bob <laughs> <laughs> is never allowed to. <laughs> Oh, no. And do you know what I love? I love that rawness about it. And I say to people all the time, if you're not nervous, 
it means that you don't care. So we talk about you've got all the butterflies in your belly, but fly your butterflies in the one formation uh, because nerves are good because it means that you genuinely care as long as we can work out how to do your nerves. And a media studio, unless you've been in one, it is crazy because there's like 40 people and then there's a massive control room and everything is just going on and one minute you're just there and then everything just happens. And because it is live, you can't take back what you say. So you do need to be mindful in that space. And often hosts will go off in another direction you think, oh gosh, I don't even know what they've said then. So uh, the media training is something that, again, we are really happy to help anybody with. Uh, and it gives you some thought and clarity. And also you wanting to get your message out because that's really important, especially if you're pitching to media. People send me pictures at seven pages long. Well, most pages, they don't read past the first three sentences. And if you haven't got them then, and that's what we talk about, 15 to 30 seconds is all you've got for someone to decide if they want to listen to you or not. So even if you want help with media pictures or if you want help with getting your message out as opposed because the media have their own agenda and you know being really open and honest they want to get something out of the interview that they're looking for the angle but if you want to get something that you want out you make sure that you say it in a way that's polite and honest and but making sure that your time there gets out what you also want to say because that's what the important bit is about it you do it so well you don't even use the word um oh I love <laughs> Years ago, that was my big thing was, um, 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 and people say to me, Grizz, how do you not use it? And you know, those people that you're in a conference and you count how many ums they've done. That's my worst fear. If I walk past a, a hotel uh, environment with a table and someone's counted Grizz's ums, uh, you know, that'd be enough to throw in the towel, go and sleep in my maid bed, pull the cover up for a number of days. And the word um, we use it because we're thinking. So I say to people, instead of saying that um, we're just going to be silent for a minute or grab a glass of water or, you know, there's lots of, again, techniques we can use for the um words. And, and one thing, because I know that we probably need to go, because you know me, I could chat all day. Uh, diminishing default language is a really important one, especially coming back out of coronavirus. Don't say, I know you're busy and I'm really sorry to take up your time. And imagine if we'd started this and said, oh, you know, you probably know all this stuff already. We've said, you're going to learn, you're going to laugh, you're going to engage. Now, all of the stuff you and I are speaking about today isn't new. The minute we say to somebody, oh, I know that you've probably heard this, or I know this may sound silly. Uh, you know, I get people doing origami in big keynotes, doctors and, you know, crazy people grab some, um, you know, origami. And I don't say this may sound silly, we're going to do origami. I go, we're going to do an origami dog. So the way we frame things up is really, really important. So if you've got diminishing language, people will start to suspect and go, oh, do you know what you're talking about? Um, so that's something really important as you're getting clinics and patients coming back in is don't say, I think this might be a good treatment for you. Because when you say this might be kind of sort of what I'm thinking, if you're not the expert in your field, we're coming to you for you to be the expert. So from Grizz, what you've said and what you want to achieve, this will be a really good plan that we're going to walk towards over the next 12 months to get your outcome and your goal and you coming to me to give you the very best advice I can. So it's just changing your language up slightly. That is so relevant to the new questionnaires that people are giving out. So a lot of clinics and even dental clinics, um, podiatrists, every clinic out there, not just aesthetic, are doing these questionnaires. You know, have you been overseas? Have you been in contact then with COVID? Have you been ill? Um, and, and there has been negative feedback that some people don't want to fill them out or, you know, why am I doing this? Or like as if there's, there's no trust there. You know, I wouldn't be here if I was sick. Um, so, yes, instead of saying, oh, I know you don't want to. Yeah. Or, yeah. This is really, you could say this is um, really important. We 
want, we know how much you trust us and value us and we want to keep you safe. So by giving us your, the honest answer, that knows that we know that the clinic is always going to be safe for you. And we're always going to be reliable. And, and I mean, often I coach a lot of doctors. I spend one-on-one -on -one executive coaching with doctors. And one of the big things that we talk about in that space is a doctor says, so how much do you weigh? Now, to us girls, you know, it's a really intrusive question. And on a form, people don't write the right weight. And I say to doctors all the time, say to them, we have to understand how much you weigh so we can give you the right dose of medication that's not going to give you the side effects. And once we know that... You're going to walk away, you're going to feel better really quickly, not have any side effects and go back to normal life. And that's a really different way than saying how much do you weigh? So it's just prefacing. We talk about that with media prefacing all the time. Tell someone why you're asking them the question, then they're much more likely to want to answer it than just saying how much do you weigh? We're going to ask you your weight and the reason why is we don't want to get this dose wrong for you. So it's just stuff like that. That is so, so important. Um, Chris, is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I just think with the change that we're going through, still be optimistic and keep to routine. You know, people say to me, I'm going to bed much later now because I'm staying up watching Netflix all night. Now, life is going to go back to a new normal. When it does, though, if you're out of your routine and you've been sleeping in and going to bed at midnight and sleeping until nine in the morning, life is going to be hard for you to get back and you're going to get that anxious feeling. So do the little things every day. Um, and the F word that I often talk about is failure. And Failure is really, it's how you respond to failure. That's how you're going to respond through the next 12 months. You are going to fail because you're going to try things in clinics you're going to, and you're going to go, oh my gosh, I didn't fail or this didn't work. That's okay. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off because we're all going to go through it. So the big F word is goddamn fail. And when you fail, look at how you cope with failing. And that's how you'll be able to realise that you can respond to anything. And, you know, yesterday the government, we were talking about this uh, in the media the other day, but the government want all of us to write letters about how we're feeling at this time. And then they're going to go into museums or wherever. So in another 200 years, someone can say, oh, my gosh, like we did when we read the soldiers' letters when they were in war. You look at it and you go far out. This is what this whole world went through. How extraordinary. So write down your thoughts. On the days that you're feeling crappy, you're allowed to feel crappy. And that's okay. Uh, what we want you to do is have better days than not as many crappy days. Uh, so keep your routines, um, sweat the small stuff, have the failure work as it's going to happen. And remember that what's essential for you might not be essential for me and the other way around. So as clinics open, some of your staff might need a bit more love and care and all that stuff. You might need it. You might want to get back just to work. But for those that that human touch and connection again and I don't mean physical touch but touch through eye contact touch through body language if that's important to someone that's essential to them and that's what's going to get you the sales longer term so just do it <laughs> just do it do just it. go and do everything yeah that's a promotion for Nike just do it Nike pick that one up there you are Nick and Grizz promoting Nike on their show or your show <laughs> oh, fantastic. yes oh my gosh Grizz, you are a brand and a force in yourself and I'm so grateful for your time this morning. Thank it's you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and it's a privilege hanging out with you. If you need anything, you know where to find me. I know where to find you because we've got you coming up as human of our week because we think you're one extraordinary human and we look at what you've achieved and you've done and the introduction for you should be exactly just <laughs> insert Nick where Grizz's name was today because that's all the same. <laughs> No, oh my goodness, no, no. But I love your training. I, I truly do. It's the, the highlight of every um, ASCD conference. Oh God, I want to see all your conferences. <laughs> I love being there, and all my old friends.
friends that come up and I only get to see them often a year, you know, Trish and all the gang that I see in, in those years. And they're my favourite things to do because, you know, as the years go by, you lose touch because you're so busy doing everything else. And that's our spot that we just, you know, uh, us and, yeah, have a time of my life. So I'm going to see you at one again soon. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Grizz. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for those of you that tuned in. And if you need anything, you know where to find us. Uh, and Nick, you know where to find me. And we will do yep. tea very soon. Beautiful. Thank you. Bye. Later, alligator. Bye. There we are. I've stopped the feed to Facebook now. Oh, I can't thank you enough. Oh, my gosh. Again, you and I could just have our own show and talk all day about everything. So many incredible golden nuggets in there and so many things that I don't think any of us have even thought about. As long as, and that's the videos, I just think, gosh, you guys know so much stuff. I don't know, I didn't know which level audience to pitch it at. And I thought, well, if I just start, you'll pick up on stuff that's important or you'll go, tell me more about that. So they're just a tiny few, but there's so many things that we can talk about. Oh my gosh, yes. Mm, yeah, so as often as you need anyone to chat about anything, you know, you know where I am. Oh, thank you so much. And I'll, I'll post the, the website and, um, and your... Um, the link to you and the contact us on the post. Yeah, and I'll do the same and then we'll be humaning and then we need to catch up for a real hello soon. Can yeah. we do that? Yes, yes. I'd I love that. that. Okay, and I'll even, I don't know, I might even try and like touch you just like that so I can get <laughs> some touch and connection. Elbow. <laughs> touch. A bit of elbow. And next time you see me, I'm so going to have my tox. Look at me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there's so much movement here. I'm, oh. I'm looking for the light ring. You've got yeah. great lighting. Uh, uh, it's just a daggy old light ring that we bought about two years ago. Yeah, that's all I've got too. But it's, yeah. it's making us look shiny and... It does. Know. Shiny and bright, just <laughs> like we are. Bright, shiny peeps. What's on for the rest of the day? Well, um, not a lot during the day, but tonight I have a, an infection control panel that I'm hosting, <gasps> is, uh, which yeah. is really exciting. I think I mentioned it to you. So it's got Naveen, Samaya, um, Tina... Yes, Bonnie, yes, Bonnie, yes, Bonnie. yes. Um, who else? Um, Jennifer Bryan, which is ASDC, Dermal Clinicians, um, and um, Jacinta King, which is a new organisation, the Cosmetic Nurses Association. So, oh gosh. Yeah, oh, and a Professor Lawrence Walsh, who um, is 23 years, he's been on the Infection Control Committee for the Australian Dental um, Association. And he's also a university professor at Queensland University. Well, they, they all are... Um, you know, lecturers in one way or another. So they're all academics. So I'm not on the panel, obviously. <laughs> you sit up there. You'd be in the middle of all of the others. You should sit right on <laughs> the stage. But I, but I orchestrated it, if that makes sense, pulled it together, because that was the one sort of uh, area that I could see everybody was struggling in. What PP do we need to buy? Um, yes. How are we going to... Um, communicate with our clients because what evidence is there for what masks and what gloves and what what and um and then you know is there too much sterilizing mm. what happens to your immunity you know if you're continually sterilizing and wearing masks and double gloving and and whatnot and um and the effect of that on staff and should staff be tested all these questions i don't know the answer to um and then recycled air you know, if you can't have N95 masks, which are quite expensive for clinics, yeah, continually, you know, breathing in your your own um, yeah. air. So, yeah. I don't know, does that have a, a negative effect for your your staff? 
I don't know the answer to any of these questions, but the panelists will. And they're, well, they're prepared. They're going to know the answers. <laughs> they're prepared and you're going to host it. And do you know, at the end of the day, Nick, you look back at this in a few years' time and go, I made a difference because I helped people during which was the crappiest time ever. I helped people. I got clinics sorted. I got people knowledge sorted. I, yeah, and that's really cool. Because there's not a lot of people at the moment that can say they're doing that. So go you, you little rock star. Oh, thank you. <laughs> my one three thing today is hanging out with you. That's my first positive of the day. Yes, that's mine too. I'm going to do that yeah. for 21 days. So in 21 days, you'll get a message from me. Days. Let you I will. Let you know where I'm at. <laughs> Good, you do that. Because when I coach people, I make them send me their happiness every day. They're three things for 21 yep. days. And I make them just do it. You send me what it was. And it's interesting because you find the first day, they're like, oh, this is really hard. I can't even find things. And then by day 21, they've got a list of a million things because their brain... And it's true. I mean, the data behind it is extraordinary. And it's just your brain just focuses on negative because that's all we hear on the news. We walk out and we talk to someone and they say corona. So everything's going on. And finding those things is hard. And then your brain starts to see all these other new things. It's amazing. That's so cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thank Have a great you. day. See Bye. Ya. If you've enjoyed listening to the brand spanking new podcast today, we'd love for you to leave a review. Simply open your podcast app and click five stars.